Um, today is, is um, a unique and different day. We're not on central time zone. We're on God's time zone today. So um, we're going to do some more singing. But the way the Lord designed this message is for us to, uh, for me to set up scene one of this, this message and then we'll sing a song and then we'll come back and finish up scene two of this message. And uh, let's hear what the Lord has to say. I'm excited about what I get to share with you today. Uh, there was a pastor years ago that said his pulpit was, was similar to this, but it was much higher, one of those real fancy sanctuaries, but he had to climb several stairs. And here's what he said, I would rather slip and break my neck and die than to get in the pulpit and to preach something that I have not practiced. So every time Pastor David gets up, or me, or a guest speaker, you pray for us, but because I, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. This message has been in the crock pot for two months, and now it's out, okay? I love crock pot food. Uh, it's, you, you tell I love food in general anyway. Um, I believe in healthy eating, healthy diet. I want to share with you a message out of Esther. So find the book of Esther with me in your Bible or your phone. Um, if you have a hard hardback, go to the go to the book of Psalms. Go backwards toward the front. You'll find Job, and then you'll find Esther. And the title of today's message is "The Invisible Hand: From Providence to Purpose for Such a Time as This." <clears throat> Esther chapter four. We're going to be, begin reading in verse thirteen. And what we have here is a dialogue between, between Mordecai and Esther. They're, they don't have text messages. They don't have phones. But I did find the word text in the Scripture. <clears throat> they had some kind of communication other than a, a, an errand person. But they were dialoguing back and forth. What has happened here, um, one of the four characters in Scripture, in this passage of Scripture, <clears throat> finds out and discovers that Mordecai is a Jew. And he, Haman, hates the Jews. And so he gets, Mordecai gets word, and then he gives this word uh, back to Esther, so it goes back and forth. So here he is in verse 13, Mordecai telling his response to Esther. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. So here is, here's, here's Mordecai saying, Esther, here, here, here it is. You've heard of this passage before. He says, Esther, do not imagine that the king's palace can escape any more than any of the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this? I want to put this into a, um, in a movie scene this morning. And I want you to know that this book literally has changed my life. It happened about three or four months ago through, through the hand of God, and I began reading this book. I began to reading a book that um, Tony Evans wrote called Pathways, and it's about his commentary on the book of Esther. And I can relate to that pastor that said, I'd rather fall and break my neck than to preach something that I have not practiced. I think more than ever that we live in, an, in a world that many of us probably in this room deal with anxiety and we deal with worry and we deal with 
concerns and we deal with stress. We deal with fear. And this book helped set me free from all of that. Help me. So we're going to look at the book of Esther in this scene one. And so let me say welcome to Esther the movie. Uh, I love good movies. I don't know about you. Anybody like good movies? Okay. Here's what I've learned about it in my lifetime of watching, good, watching movies. They always, they always seem to have the same plot or storyline. And here it is. Good versus evil. Good versus evil. So here, here's some things. Now, <clears throat> students, don't dog me for the, for the examples. I did it for the older folks in here, okay? Let's take the Wizard of Oz. We had a good witch and a bad witch. So I'm gonna, this is a response. Who won? The good witch, the good person, okay? Uh, John Wayne movies. Sorry, kids. John Wayne movies. You had good, good men and bad men. Who won? The good men. You had Lion King. Getting a little bit more close to, you know, okay, Lion King, good Mufasa, good Simba, bad, evil, Scar. Who won? All right, very good. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, <clears throat> uh, Wonder Woman, which I live with one. I live with one right there, okay? Thank you very much. I live with one. Uh, good versus evil, who won? Good one, Wonder Woman. Now, when you read the scripture and when we walk through the theme of Esther, here's what you're going to find out. Uh, who won the, the good and evil in the Bible? You have Daniel and the lion's den. Who won? Daniel. David and Goliath. Who won? Now, this is not a trick question. It's the same answer. And I'll just go ahead and tell you it's, it's the good one. Jesus and the woman at the well. Who won? Both of them did. If you've seen the... the, 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 the if you've seen The Chosen, I love that scene, and it pops up on Facebook every, every once in a while. The woman at the well was set free by a man who loved her more than she could ever imagine. I remember her running away from him with the disciples coming up in that scene, and she's just going, he told me everything about me. He knows all about me. Well, guess what? He does. He knows all about her. He knows all about you. Who wins here, Jesus versus Satan? You know how we know that? The, the Bible tells us so. So friend, my encouragement, don't worry. Don't be fearful. Don't have anxiety. It's not for us. So here's the theme of Esther. Tony Evans, who's the founder and senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, said, he, he, this is what he writes, Esther is unique because it is the only book in Scripture that does not mention the name of God directly. This is because God wanted to use the book to show how his providence, that is, his invisible hand, God's providential will that you and I will never, ever, ever know about, he's working in our lives. He's behind the scenes to bring about his purposes in history. So even though God is not on the front page of Esther, his fingerprints are all throughout the book. So you'll hear this again. I challenge every one of you uh, in the next 10 weeks to read one chapter of Esther a week and let it soak in. Just like this message has been in the crock pot, don't read God's word quickly. Read it 
let it soak in and read all the characters and read how as we look back, you're going to see God's providential hand working in everything in the book of Esther. It's amazing. Now, you and I do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. Thank God we're, we're past yesterday because yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. You know what today is? Students, today is the greatest day of our life. Everyone in this room, everyone in this room, today is the greatest day because it's the only 24 hours that God's given us to live with, with purpose and promise today. Now, I have a friend with me. I want you to say, hello, Faith. This is Faith the Flamingo. Hello, Faith. Faith. Thank you. Now, we need a little bit more participation over here. I know you're in awe of Faith, okay? (laughs) Faith is a marionette, right, Amy? Did I say that word close? All right. Here's what Faith is known for. Faith is known as a marionette, which is a puppet that is controlled from above by strings and wires in the hand of the marionette. Now, normally, this would, my hand would not be seen. Normally, God's hand would not be seen. But she has nothing to worry about. You know why? Because her name represents who she is, is faith. She's just glad to be here. She's glad to be out of my office like that. Faith. Listen, my friend. This is God's providential hand working in every person's life in this room. You're here, probably maybe kicking and screaming because it's Mother's Day and you got to show up with Mama. Well, thank God she's alive because mine's not. She's happy in heaven. Listen, my friend. God's providential hand that you and I will never see. But when we read the book of Esther and we go back, go all the way to Genesis, read God's word differently today because you're going to know that the mighty hand of God is working in your life and in my life and faith's life. He works everywhere. Everywhere. His, his, the word hand in the New American Standard is mentioned 1,550 times. It symbolizes power. The most powerful thing I read, one of the most powerful things I read in Scripture is God parting the Red Sea. How did he do that? His powerful hand. And listen, when he wants to work in your life, students, and your life, adults, and your life, children, God is working his providential hand in your life. Evans continues, Providence is the miraculous and mysterious way that God weaves events together behind the scenes so that his sovereignty in the world will be carried out. Now, some of you are thinking, well, I thought I had free will. Well, guess what? You do. You do have a free will. You can, cut, you can choose what you want to, but guess who's orchestrating everything in our life? God is. Proverbs 16, 9 says, the man plans his ways. Now, I didn't bring it today. <clears throat> I have a... <laughs> A day timer, it stays right back here near my heart. And it tells me where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing, who I'm supposed to be doing with. That's my plan. God, my mind plans my way. But guess what? The Lord directs our steps. Students, you might be here wondering, what am I going to do after high school? If you be obedient, you be like Esther, you're going to see the mighty hand of God's providential power work in your life. Now, I'm not a smart man. Here's my definition that I came up with, sovereignty. 
You do with it what you want to. I believe God does what he pleases and he's pleased with what he does. That's as good as I can get on sovereignty because I don't understand everything else. His providential hand is working for the sovereignty to be done, the ultimate, the ultimate will to be done. G. Campbell Morgan said this, no one reads the book of Esther without being conscious of God. I love this name. So if you're ever, if you're having another kid, maybe naming this one, Augustus Hopkins Strong. That's strong, isn't it? He says the providence of God is that continuous agency of God by which he makes all the events of the physical and moral universe fulfill the original design with which he created. Providence is God's attention concentrated everywhere. Can you imagine that? That's awesome to think. God is in, in, in control of everything and everywhere. Why and how do we know that, my friends? Because of three characteristics of God. I'm glad you're sitting down. I pray you're taking notes. Listen, God is omniscient. It's meaning he, he's all-knowing. He knows about your yesterday. He knows about today. He knows about your tomorrow. God will. He's omniscient. He's omniscient present. God is everywhere. He's everywhere. And the last thing that I know about God, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. You got situations in your life that you can't handle? Give them to God. Give them to God. Listen to what David said in Psalms 38, 18. He says, for I, I confess my iniquity, my sin, I'm full of anxiety because of my sin. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Finances are running low. The month is longer than my finances can provide. Give it to God. He's in control. This is what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care, all your anxiety. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do, honey? What are we going to do, baby? What are we going to do, kids? Cast it all to God because he cares for you and me. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to be anxious for nothing, period. Are we going to obey that? If you're like most of us, we're not. You know why? Because we think we're in control. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And then, guess what he says then? And the peace of God, Jehovah Shalom, will come over your life if you'll give it up. If you'll stop being and thinking you're in control, give it up. Give it up. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will cover your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Anybody here not want to sign up for that? Anybody? Anybody? Do I have an amen? I'm willing. God always requires a response when we encounter him, whether we read the scripture, where we listen to a sermon on TV or on the web or on our computer, God requires a response. Here's how I know that we are in trouble when we think we have it all in control. Listen to what Tony Evans, this is a great suggestion. It is so great, it's worth writing down. And it's worth putting on the mirror. Here's what it says. If you want to run your own world, then you go create one. God is already in charge of this one. He is. 
And who do you and me think that we are thinking that I can control what goes on in my life? Look at faith. What up? Still has morning, a morning voice. What up? She has no worry, no fear, no control issues. She has no anxiety because she is in the hand of God and right now my hand. You get it? This is yes and this is no. Just shakes with her whole body. Yeah, we get it up here, but listen, when I realized that the book of Esther was going to set me free, that head knowledge that God is in control of everything, my friend, dropped right down into my heart, and it dropped right down into my soul, and it set me free from all of the stuff of life in the past, how God orchestrated my hand and my life from church to church, ministry to ministry, town to town. God's in control of everything, my friend, and I want you to be set free. I want you to be set free today because the, the, the praise band's going to come up here and going to lead us in a song. That's why we're on God's time today, the way this orchestrated out. You might be here today that God is in control of your life to hear this very news. You might be worrying and fretting because, listen, you don't know about your future. You don't. You don't know whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. But Jesus said, I love you this much. I'm going to die for you. I'm in control of your life. But you and I have got to surrender that. To those of us in here that are believers, we've surrendered to that. But it's a daily surrender. You need to surrender your life. And when we call for the invitation shortly... You need to run down here. Don't fall down those steps and break your neck, but run down here. Run down here because the mighty hand of God has orchestrated your life to be here today. This is the day of salvation for you. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in the heart, your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. We live in a world that is full of battles. We live in a world that every day is a battle. But listen, my friend, we live in a world that the battle in our Christian faith has already been won. Do you believe that? Whatever we're going to face tomorrow, it's already been won. Whatever struggles you're going to go through tomorrow, Jesus has already won it for us. We're winners. We know that because of Revelation. We can be winners every day if we'll surrender our heart and be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, would you stand and let the, let, it, let the praise team lead us? And I want you to sing with all your heart. This is powerful, powerful words. Let's proclaim to the Lord Jesus Christ that he's in control. That was scene one. Here's scene two. Again, my encouragement to you is to read the book of Esther these next coming weeks. It's, it's full of, of great character, storylines, but I'm not going to give the end to you shortly or until or a little bit later, okay? Speaking of characters, here's four main characters on the back of your notes. All four of these characters <clears throat> are nominated for an Oscar. And here's the first one. King Hazarus. He's nominated as the best actor in supporting role. God's powerful hand is still in control. Here's what got him nominated in the book of Esther. 
And guys and gals, this is not something that you want to be known for. His first one is he's boastful. He's prideful. He's foolish in that he listens to wrong voices. Listen, my friend, there's a lot of voices that we have hitting our ears and our mind. Don't listen to wrong voices. The Bible says in 1 John to test every spirit that comes your way. Test the spirit. He did not do that. He did not um, listen. He listened to wrong voices and the advice given. He was susceptible to flattery. And when he didn't get his own way, he became angry and had a drinking problem. The king never could control his temper nor his thirst. According to God's word, drinking is rampant today. Warren Wiersbe said, Alcoholics Anonymous would paint a different picture about social drinking or drinking in general. They have firsthand knowledge of wrecked marriages and ruined bodies and minds, abused families and shattered careers that often accompany what people call, I'm just socially drinking. Wiersbe goes on and continues, the best way to avoid drunkenness is pretty smart, is just don't drink at all. He quotes a Japanese proverb that says this, first the man takes a drink, and then the drink takes a drink, and then the drink takes the man, or the woman, or the person. Now when I was in seventh grade, I took my first drink of alcohol, beer. And my friends told me, you need to try pizza and beer. It's awesome. Well, I tried it. And from that day on, I have not taken, have not taken another alcoholic drink in my life. You know why? I love pizza too much. <laughs> it's not worth it. Amy and I love pizza. Why ruin a good piece of pizza and a slice of the whole thing? Twelve, man, that's just, well, it's foolish. Bible has another word for foolish. I'm not, I'm not kidding. This is the Greek word, stupid. Amy and I have um, a friend in Oklahoma. I'll get through this. Her, 20, her 21-year-old daughter died in 2009. She was on her way back home from visiting her boyfriend in another town. She was headed east on a turnpike, and a man drunk as a skunk, was running from the police, and he was headed west on the eastbound traffic, and they hit head on. Done. Listen to me. It's not worth it. Stop. Stop. Don't. Your kids are watching you. It's not worth it. It's not. My good friend Ray grew up with a dad that was abusive. He drank all the time. He took he and his brother 
to a river in Oklahoma. He put a handgun to their head. And he was drunk. He, didn't, he was out of his brain. And thank God, God did not orchestrate for Ray to end or Tommy. It's not worth it, my friends. The Bible is not very clear in just total abstinence. I get that. You can say, Jesus drank wine. <clears throat> Don't let it control you. Spoiler alert, King Hazarus did not win the nomination. Haman, also nominated for best actor in a supporting role. We got to remember God's in control. Here's what he got nominated for. Haman's story begins in chapter 3 and ends in verse 7. This is worth writing down because once you don't know anything about Haman, he got all hung up thinking he was the man. He got hung up thinking he was the man. He was second in charge, but he was angry like the king. But his problems came from his family tree. Now follow me. Haman was a descendant of Agag. Agag was the king of the Amalekites. The Amalekites are ancient enemies of the Jews. And that's the family tree that Haman comes from. He hated the Jews. He knew his family tree hated the Jews. He found out that Mordecai was a Jew. He hated Mordecai because Mordecai would not bow down to, to Haman. Write this down, Exodus 17, 8 through 16 is about God telling Moses to tell Joshua to go fight the Amalekites. Go fight the people that represent sin. To utterly wipe them out. That's how serious God is about sin. 1 Samuel 15, write that down. The whole chapter is about Samuel telling, the prophet telling Saul, I want you to eliminate the Amalekites. They represent sin. I want you, I want Saul, I want you to take out every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child, every baby, and all the animals. Saul did not do that, my friend. You can read it in 1 Samuel 15. He didn't do it. So guess what? Sin is still among us because it wasn't dealt with. But God had to take his prophet Samuel to bring Agag in front of him and he took his sword, Agag's own sword, and the Bible says he just cut him into pieces because it represented sin. And every day, my friend, I have to, you need to, we all have to get rid of sin, whatever sin looks like. It opposes God. God's not happy when you and I sin. You know why? Because he sent his only son on the cross to die for us because of the sins of us. It's that serious. It's serious, but it's not a laughing matter. Saul wasn't obedient. Don't be, di don't be disobedient to God. Here's what I know about sin. This is, this is powerful. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Listen to this, students. Listen to this, everyone. It'll take you farther than you want to go. You might think, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this temptation. No, my friend. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. I can handle it. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And finally, sin will cost you more than you can pay. That's how serious sin is, my friend. And that represents Haman. 
He hated the people of God. But the good news is that Jesus Christ, his blood can wash us whiter than snow. And I'm grateful for that. Are you? Now, spoiler alert, Haman didn't win the nomination either. Number three, Mordecai. He's nominated for best supporting actor in the supporting role. God's in control, amen? Mordecai's story begins in chapter two, finishes out the rest of the book. Here's what he's nominated for. This is what we need to be known for. He's known and nominated for the word faith. And if you write down faith in a, 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 as an acrostic up and down, F-A-I-T-H, here's what it stands for. Forsaking all I trust him. That's faith. Faith the flamingo. She trusts God with all of her heart because she knows that the mighty hand of God is orchestrating her life and the mighty hand of God is orchestrating your life. Faith, forsaking all, I trust him. Every day God gives us a day to, get, to be grateful and have live a life of faith. Mordecai was also nominated for um, his love for his family, Esther. He adopted her because her, she was an orphan. Her mom and daddy died. He loved her, loved her family. I love the fact that I am redeemed. I've been adopted into the kingdom of God and the family of God. You too have as well if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm grateful for my wife, Amy, who was adopted. Into the family of David and Barbara, known as Mimi and Gramps. She's adopted into the family of God, and I'm grateful for that. Amon loved people in authority like King Hazarus. He heard at the family in the, at the gate that two men wanted to plot against him and kill him. Haman told Esther. Esther went and told the king, and king took care of those two men. He loved people in authority. And, and Mordecai, Mordecai, sorry, I meant Mordecai. Mordecai loved the people of God. I pray you do as well. Spoiler alert, Mordecai wins an Oscar for being the best supporting actor. Finally, we come to Esther. She's nominated for actress in, in the leading role. She knows that God's in control. Her same characteristics that she's nominated for is faith, forsaking all, she trusts him. She's nominated and realized that God's invisible hand, I love this, God's invisible hand orchestrated the first Miss Universe pageant. There was women coming from far and wide, beautiful women. And ladies, let me say this to you. Every woman, female in here is beautiful. You know why I know that? Because you are created in the image of God. Students don't ever think just because people, you look at things on, on internet and everything, I'm just not beautiful enough. You just slapped God right in the face. Because you and I, all of us guys as well, we're created in the image of God. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Now, guys, here's something you ought to write down. You need to write down Esther chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Sit down when you read it, because these ladies that all got to this beauty pageant, students, female ladies over here, gals, you're going to love this. Esther and this, Esther, <laughs> Esther, was able to be a part of 12 months, 12 months of beauty treatments. And all the women in here said, 
Is there any doubt that you don't think that can happen with you today? Punching, give him an elbow. Randy said, God's word says I can have 12 months of beauty treatments. If you want a mani and a petty, go get it. Here, here, here you go, baby. Take the credit card. Not that you need it. <laughs> Not that you need it, sweetheart. You go beautify yourself. Oils, treatment. And, 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 and the, the, the one that controlled these ladies, especially, he, he was just in control of Esther. He, he adored her. He gave her special treatment. He, he not only he gave her 12, he gave her seven assistants that helped her. And all the women said, there you go. Now you're coming on. God orchestrated all that, my friend. Your wife deserves all of that. Mine as well. God orchestrated it. God chose off her beauty and the beauty treatments. Now, here's the last thing that I'm going to mention. She's known for more than this in her nomination. This is going to sound contradictory, but the, the first word is very important. She was nominated because she was spiritually fat. Let me explain. And I stutter on fat. She was faithful. Esther was faithful. Listen, my friend, you must be faithful for God to use you. If you're faithful with, the Bible says, if you're faithful with small things, guess what he'll do? He'll make you faithful over a little more. And if you're faithful with that, he'll make you faithful over a little more. If you, you see how it works? He's, you're faithful. She's available. She was available for the, for the mighty providential hand of God orchestrating in her life. She didn't know what was going on at the time. We get to look back at the story. She's available. Thirdly, she's teachable. She had Mordecai in her ear. Hey, there's two guys at the gate going to kill the king. Go, go, go save the king. They're conversing back and forth. She's teachable. Listen, my friend, she's trusted. Mordecai said, go, go to the king, go to this. And, and Esther's response was, listen, I haven't been called in front of him in 30, in 30 days. If I go before the king and he doesn't offer me his scepter, I will be murdered. I will be killed. He tr she trusted God and Mordecai in what Mordecai told him to do because God was orchestrating everything through her life. Finally, my friend, because she was spiritually fat, she was thankful. She was thankful. What woman in here would not want to enjoy 12 months of beauty treatments with seven ladies attending you every day? Thankful. Men, be thankful for who is seated next to you as your wife and maybe your mama. Be thankful. Honor them. Place high value on them. Esther was spiritually fat. Spoiler alert. She won the nomination. She won the Oscar. She won, God, won God's favor. Now, we're moving to a time of response. I really believe when we encounter God, and I pray that you've encountered God today, God requires a response from us, whether you're it's in your chair, standing up, or coming forward. God's looking for people today to serve Him faithfully like Esther did.
He's looking for students that will come forward and, and be a part of that. He's looking for children in here that would say, yes, I'll do that. I'll follow Jesus. He's looking for men and women here. So as the <clears throat> praise team comes to finish out this song, here's what we're going to sing. We're going to sing a song called Thank You, Jesus. I pray that all of us in here have a thankful heart for Jesus dying on the cross for us. And if you're here today and God's Holy Spirit is, is working on your life, you know, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. You, you'll know when you know that the Spirit of God is working on you. Let's all be thankful. Let's all be thankful. Let me pray and we'll move into this time of worship. Jesus.